0: You are listening to the Through the Bible Studio series with Pastor Nate Holdridge. Join us as we continue our study through the Old Testament book of Exodus. Here's Nate. Well, in Exodus chapter 37, we move from the building of the actual tabernacle itself to the instruments inside of the tabernacle. And we begin with the ark itself, which is so appropriate. It says in verse one that Bezalel made the ark of acacia wood, two cubits and a half was its length and a cubit and a half its breadth and a cubit and a half its height. And so you have this ark, this ark would of course be a box that would sit inside the holy of holies. This is the most important piece of the entire tabernacle set. Uh, Represents Jesus beautifully, as we've mentioned before, as does the entire sacrificial system. It would be made of wood overlaid with gold, which of course speaks to us of the humanity and the deity of Christ. This was basically a rectangular chest, 23 inches wide, 39 inches long, 23 inches wide high based on an 18 inch cubit and so Bezalel makes it first of acacia wood and he overlaid it with pure gold, verse 2, inside and outside and made a molding of gold around it and he cast for it four rings of gold for its four feet, two rings on its one side and two rings on its other side and he made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold and he put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry the ark. And so God had a specific pattern in place, not only for the building of the ark, but the transportation of the ark and so many of these instruments. And of course, later on in Israel's history, a man would actually die as a result of the people of Israel moving the ark in an inappropriate manner following the pattern of the Philistines who simply moved it, By placing it onto a cart. No, the priests were supposed to, with these poles inserted into the rings, carry the ark and offer sacrifices as they did so in honor and reverence for the Lord. You have to serve the Lord with fear. You have to serve the Lord with reverence and with trembling. And so the ark Bezalel begins to construct. Now on top of the ark, it says in verse 6 that he made a mercy seat Of pure gold. Two cubits and a half was its length, and a cubit and a half its breadth. And he made two cherubim of gold connected there to this mercy seat, which was in effect a lid for the ark. And he made them of hammered work on the two ends of the mercy seat. One cherub or angel on the one end, and one cherub on the other end. Of one piece with the mercy seat, he made the cherubim on its two ends. The cherubim spread out their wings above, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings, with their faces to one another toward the mercy seat were the faces of the cherubim. And so once again, as we looked at in our previous study, all of this was a pattern of the heavenly reality. At the throne room of God, you have these cherubim that fly around the throne room of God crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, praising God for his holiness, covering their faces, trembling in the presence of the Lord. And so here in this earthly model of that heavenly reality, you have this ark in which they would put the Ten Commandments, but they would cover the ark with a mercy seat or the atonement cover. And these angels were on top of it, which were pictures, of course, of the heavenly reality. And this was the place that the people of Israel would meet with God. God was was supposed to be there at that mercy seat ministering to the nation present with the nation of israel now as i mentioned previously all of this is by design and especially here you have the faces of these cherubim continually pointed towards the seat that god would occupy and like i've said before so many times when you read of Modern literature about heaven, it's so man-centered, so man-focused, as if there is this eternal God who is just waiting for us to get there so that he can wait on us hand and foot. No, we will be so happy looking at God, worshiping God, enjoying God, serving the Lord. And so all of this was imitating the heavenly reality. Now, of course, you also see there that the Ark was placed on top, of course, of the mercy seat. And what that means to us is that this was the thing that was in between the law, the Ten Commandments, and man. There has to be something between those Ten Commandments and us. We will never be justified by the law. We need the mercy seat even to this day. And the cross, of course, is our mercy seat, our atonement cover, so to speak. And God had said to the people of Israel in chapter 25 of Exodus, he said, there at that mercy seat, I will meet you. God decided and defined where the meeting place between him and the nation would be. God makes that decision for us. Now, he also made, verse 10, the table of acacia wood, two cubits was its length, a cubit its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. And he overlaid it with pure gold and made a molding of gold around it. And he made a rim around it a hand breadth wide and made a molding of gold around the rim. He cast for it four rings of gold and fastened the rings to the corners, four corners at its four legs. Close to the frame were the rings as holders for the poles To carry the table, he made the poles of acacia wood to carry the table and overlaid them with gold. Again, very similar to the Ark of the Covenant previously mentioned. And verse 16, he made the vessels of pure gold that were to be on the table, its plates and dishes for incense, and its bowls and flagons with which to pour drink offerings. So inside the tabernacle, but not inside the holy of holies, but just the holy place. There was this table and it had a rim around it. Verse 12 would keep objects from falling off of the table. It had four rings around it so that you could put poles in in order to transport it as the Lord had required. It was made of acacia wood, but overlaid with pure gold. But all of the instruments that were placed on it, the plates and the dishes, the bowls, that were used for incense and drink offerings, they were made of pure gold, not part acacia wood, but pure gold. And of course, these were not sacrifices similar to the pagan nations who were actually offering their gods food to eat. God would receive the vapors and the odors, but not the actual substance of the food. God is spirit, and the people of Israel needed to understand and know that reality. But this is the table that the bread would be placed upon, the bread that symbolized God's provision for the people, and the bread that symbolized the 12 tribes of Israel as being under the care and the preservation of God. Next, you have a lampstand, verse 17. It says, He also made the lampstand of pure gold. He made the lampstand of hammered work, its base, its stem, its cups, its calyxes, and its flowers were of one piece with it, and there were six branches going out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand out of one side of it, and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side of it. Three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower, On one branch, and three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower, on the other branch. So, for the six branches going out of the lampstand. So, you have this lampstand again, not made with any acacia wood, but of pure gold, hammered gold, just like the angels that occupied the mercy seat. A very elaborate piece inside of the tabernacle, all one piece, all one piece of solid gold of a a piece of about 75 pounds. So a huge lampstand, all one solid piece and very decorative as well. You have these flowers, these almond blossoms, and just a beautiful kind of thing for them to look at. And there would be 69 different little ornaments all throughout this lampstand. Again, very intricate. And there would be seven lamps, he says there in verse 23, with its tongs and its trays of pure gold. Four cups, verse 20, were made like almond blossoms with their calyxes and flowers, and a calyx of one piece with it under each pair. Of the six branches going out, their calyxes and their branches were of one piece with it. The whole of it was a single piece of hammered work of pure gold. Again, 75 pounds or so. And he made it seven lamps and its tongs and its trays of pure gold. He made it, this being Be- uh, Bezalel, and all its utensils out of a talent of pure gold. And so these seven lamps on this lampstand Would provide light for the inside of the sanctuary and the tabernacle as the priests would serve the Lord in that place. Jesus, of course, stood up in John chapter 8, verse 12, and declared himself to be the light of the world. John announced to us at the beginning of his gospel that Jesus is the one who gives light to mankind. And so, this lampstand inside of the tabernacle is a perfect picture of. Jesus Christ now the beautiful thing here is that the lampstand is also an accurate and strong picture for the church revelation chapter one tells us that the golden lampstands were a picture of the seven churches of Asia Minor that Jesus spoke to in Revelation 2 and 3. And Jesus, of course, spoke to his disciples and us by extension on the Sermon on the Mount by saying, You are the light. Of the world, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So we understand and know that Jesus is the truest light of the world, but the church is to be a reflection of Jesus Christ and to illuminate his glory throughout this world. Now, the next thing be past the lampstand that Bezalel created was an altar not outside of the tabernacle, but inside called the altar of incense. It says that he made, verse 25, the altar of incense of acacia wood. Its length was a cubit, and its breadth was a cubit. It was square, and two cubits was its height. Its horns were of one piece with it. He overlaid it, it's acacia wood, so he overlays it with pure gold, its top and around its sides and its horns, And he made a molding of gold around it and made two rings of gold on it under its molding on two opposite sides of it as holders for the poles with which to carry it. And he made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. So you have this little altar inside of the tabernacle, not an altar for animal sacrifices, but for the offering of incense before the Lord, three feet high, about a foot and a half wide and had horns on it much like the altar outside of the tabernacle for burnt offerings and carried with the rings and the poles much like the table and the altar and the ark would be carried. And this incense, of course, that would burn on this altar would travel from the holy place past the curtain into the holy of holies, or the most holy place. And this is a picture, of course, of prayer being offered to the Lord. And that as we pray, our prayer, like incense, is rising to the Lord. He hears it. He receives it. It is a blessing to Him. Revelation chapter 5, verse 8 tells us, that in heaven, John sees these golden bowls full of incense in the throne room of God, which he says are the prayers of the saints. And so the incense here is a picture, a wonderful picture for a better reality than just incense, prayer. Prayer before the Lord. and To be a people who cry out to the Lord and as we discovered earlier, these prayers would be offered at morning and at twilight. And so it was to be a regular offering to the Lord where God is looking for people to be prayerful on a regular, everyday kind of basis. And one thing that was always forbidden was unauthorized or strange incense. God told them exactly what kind of incense would be offered. On that altar, prayer must be according to God's purpose, God's will. And even the horns of this altar had to be set apart uh, to the Lord. And showing us, of course, that prayer is only possible by the blood of the Lamb. And He made, verse 29, the holy anointing oil also and the pure fragrant incense blended as by the perfumer. So, All of the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, Bezalel, uh, was responsible for its creation. Now, in chapter 38, we see the altar outside of the tabernacle. He made the altar of burnt offering of acacia wood. Five cubits was its length. So this is a large thing, seven and a half feet square and four and a half feet high. Five cubits was its length and five cubits its breadth. It was a square and three cubits was its height. He made horns for it on its four corners. Its horns were of one piece with it and he overlaid it with not gold but bronze. Outside of the tabernacle, you would have things covered with bronze, not with with gold. Bronze was the metal that dealt with man and with his Judgment. The utensils out there would be bronze as well. Gold inside, but bronze outside. And he made all the utensils of the altar the pots, the shovels, the basins, the forks, and the fire pans. He made all its utensils of bronze. And he made for the altar a grating, a network of bronze under its ledge extending halfway down. He cast four rings on the four corners of the bronze grating as holders for the poles. So again, Carried in a similar way to the things inside of the tabernacle. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with, again, not gold but bronze. And he put the poles through the rings on the sides of the altar to carry it with them. He made it hollow with boards. So again, as we've already visited when we saw the altar for the first time way back in chapter 30, uh, what you discover here is that there was some kind of grating system halfway up the altar, sort of reinforced the altar, perhaps was the place where the animal meat was actually cooked and potentially was hollow underneath, creating space for a fire and rocks to burn hot. And was the place that the people of Israel would offer sacrifices by which they would approach the Lord. And it's really only through sacrifice that we can approach the Lord. But wonderful for us, it's not the blood of bulls and goats that could ever take away sin. It's the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by which we draw near to the Lord. Now, in verse 8, he moves into the court in general. He made the basin, verse 8, of bronze and its stand of bronze from the mirrors of the ministering women who ministered in the entrance of the tent of meeting. And he made the court. For the south side of the hangings of the court were of fine twined linen, a hundred cubits. Their 20 pillars and their 20 bases were of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver. And for the north side, there were hangings of a hundred cubits, their 20 pillars, their 20 bases were of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver silver. And for the west side were hangings of 50 cubits. Their 10 pillars and their 10 bases, the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver. And for the front to the east, 50 cubits. So you have really the fence system surrounding the courtyard of the tabernacle. And, you know, it just strikes me. I mean, this thing here from the front to the east, he says in verse 13, 50 cubits, you have something that's about the quarter of the size of a football field. So seems large at first glance, but really isn't that big when you compare it to the nation itself. This was the place of their worship for the entire nation. Not really a place for people to congregate, but a place for worship to occur. And I'm just always so struck by the talent of this man Bezalel and his team to be able to build so many different types of things in so many different ways. Very skilled, very gifted. And the hangings of one side of the gate, verse 14, were fifteen cubits, with their three pillars and three bases, and so for the other side. On both sides of the gate of the court were hangings of fifteen cubits, with their three pillars and their three bases. All the hangings around the court were of fine twined linen, and the bases for the pillars were of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver." The overlaying of their capitals was also of silver, and all the pillars of the court were filleted with silver. And the screen for the gate of the court was embroidered with needlework of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. It was 20 cubits long and 5 cubits high in its breadth, corresponding to the hangings of the court. So you have this gate now that leads into the tabernacle court 30 feet wide and uh, just beautiful, very inviting. Their pillars were four in number. Their four bases were of bronze, their hooks of silver and the overlaying of their capitals and their fillets of silver and all the pegs for the tabernacle and for the court all around were of bronze. Again, very repetitive. We've seen this previously in the book of Exodus, but it's a record of what has been built now by Bezalel and again, important to God to record here that they actually did build the thing that he asked them to build and that he has given them grace to be able to build for they certainly had done enough to disqualify themselves. But also is God pointing to his care and meticulous concern for the reality in heaven. And again, I would encourage you to be a throne of God oriented person. God is interested in his throne room. God is interested in his glory, his honor, his fame, his worship. So interested that he repeats twice the details of every element here of the tabernacle. And so if God is interested in it, it must be for some great purpose. The more interested we are in God's throne room, in God's house, God's home, God's glory, God's honor, God's fame, the more we're able to pray what Jesus told us to pray, the very first part of the Lord's Prayer Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We want your name to be famous. We want people to know of you, to love you. We want to love you in our own lives and in our own hearts. The more that is the reality, the better off we are. And so to be that kind of person. And so again, I would ask the question of you and of myself. What kind of believer am I? Am I merely in the court? You know, I'm saved, I'm there, I'm present. Or am I in the holy place? Am I serving the Lord, ministering to him? Or am I taking the access that has been won for me by the precious blood of Jesus Christ? And am I in the holy of holies, dwelling with God in fellowship with? with him. Now, verse 21, we have a list of some of these materials. He says these are the records of the tabernacle, the tabernacle of the testimony, as they were recorded at the commandment of Moses, the responsibility of the Levites under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest, Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, made all that the Lord commanded Moses. So again, just a statement saying, look, we did the thing that the Lord asked us to do. Here was the chain of command. It was constructed. And with Bezalel, verse 23, was Aholiab, the son of Ahi Samach of the tribe of Dan, an engraver and designer and embroiderer in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. You just get the impression that this was an incredible responsibility for these men, a great privilege to serve the Lord in this way. All the gold that was used for the work and all the construction of the sanctuary, the gold from the offering, was 29 talents and 730 shekels, an immense amount of gold by the shekel of the sanctuary. The silver, verse 25, from those of the congregation who were recorded, was a hundred talents and 1,775 shekels by the shekel of the sanctuary. A becca ahead, that is half a shekel by the shekel of the sanctuary for everyone who is listed in the records from 20 years old and upward for 603,550 men. So this is the amount of payments that were coming in. The hundred talents of silver, verse 27, were for casting the bases of the sanctuary and the bases of the veil, a hundred bases for the hundred talents, a talent, a base. And of the 1,775 shekels, he made hooks for the pillars and overlaid their capitals and made fillets for them. The bronze that was offered was 70 talents and 2,400 Hundred shekels, and with it he made the bases for the entrance of the tent of meeting, the bronze altar, and the bronze grating for it, and all the utensils of the altar, the bases around the court, and the bases of the gate of the court, verse 31, all the pegs of the tabernacle, and all the pegs around the court. So an incredible amount of gold, silver, And bronze were used in the construction of this tabernacle and the records were meticulously kept as far as how much gold and silver and bronze was used. You know a talent in those days was equal to 75 pounds and so you have 29 talents of gold plus 730 shekels, a smaller measurement, 100 talents of silver and 70 talents of bronze that are used. So just an incredible amount of metal that had been offered, which speaks, of course, of the generosity of the people, but also just the elaborate construction of this very important piece of furniture that would dwell in the middle of the people of Israel. In the New Testament, Jesus was friends with the family of Lazarus, Lazarus had two sisters, Mary and Martha. One day Jesus was in their house and Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet while Martha was serving and working. And Martha grew frustrated and said, Lord, please correct her. Tell my sister to get up off of her bottom and come help me get some work done. And Jesus told Martha, he said, Martha, one thing is necessary And Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. I would again encourage you to, like Mary, go into the Holy of Holies and enjoy your relationship with the Lord. We have a much greater access than these people did. No need for the sending in of a priest. We sent in one priest, Jesus Christ, the great high priest, who lives forever to make intercession for us, and now we have great access to God in heaven. God bless you, and amen. Thank you for listening. For additional resources and teachings, or to contact us, please visit us at nateholdridge.com.